Hello, you are listening to KaneCast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management Team. Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick, and with me today I have our Chief Investment Officer, Doug Foreman. Doug, as always, thank you for your time today, and we look forward to this conversation. Doug, looking back at 2021, we saw overall positive returns across all equity classes, along with return to value coming into play following the release of the COVID vaccine and the start of the reopening of the overall economy. However, what we started seeing in the second half of Q4 was a change in market driven by emergence of yet another coronavirus variant. Can you provide our listeners with your perspective on the year in review? Well, 2021 was certainly an interesting year. Uh, The S&P outperformed almost every other index available uh, by rising almost uh, 28% during the course of the year, uh, which was much stronger than we had anticipated coming into the year. We were looking for positive returns, but that was really an extraordinary return from the S&P 500. And what we saw was um, growth actually outperformed value slightly in the large cap space as measured by the Russell 1000 growth versus Russell 1000 value. And that was really due to strength in some of the real mega cap names. But as you move down the market cap spectrum uh, into the mid cap area and small cap, and you really see it in small cap and micro cap, uh, value trounce uh, growth overall did much better than it had in the past several several years. What really put uh, a damper on growth and growth stocks, uh, which are long duration assets, was in November the Fed decidedly uh, adopted a more hawkish stance towards 2022. Uh, they dropped the phrase uh, transitory in their outlook for inflation. Uh, inflation has obviously been much stronger than any of us expected during the course of the year. Uh, continued supply disruptions in a variety of areas, coupled with very, very strong consumer demand across the board, has combined you know, to create a situation where there's far too much demand creating far too little goods, which of course led to an increase in prices in many, many industries. Uh, some of these shortages are starting to abate. It's early yet, but we clearly uh, have endured more of this than we thought during the course of 2021. The other key thing that's driven this is just continued outbreaks of COVID, particularly in uh, Asia, uh, which tends to shut down across the board, all towns, cities, etc. So plants literally uh, can't get product out the door for months in some cases. And this has created shortages in a variety of areas from sneakers to refrigerators to household appliances, etc. Doug, the Fed made it clear that they seek to take a more hawkish stance with the reduction of their bond purchase program, along with an anticipation of two to three rate hikes in 2022. What are your views on the near and midterm inflationary environment? Short-term yields uh, rose appreciably in the November-December timeframe in response to the Fed's uh, dropping of the phrase transitory in inflation. But it was interesting, long-term yields really didn't move up that much. Uh, We'll see what happens as we move into 2022 and the Fed actually increases rates. As I've mentioned before, you know, it's not always a foregone conclusion that as short-term rates go up, that long-term rates rise as well. It really depends on the outlook for the economy and investors' perception of whether or not the the Fed is ahead of or behind the curve. Inflation near-term obviously is staying high. Um, Hopefully, it'll uh, moderate over the course of 2022. But this is going to ebb and flow and is heavily dependent upon uh, the outbreaks of COVID and the variants that we're seeing. Omicron is the latest. 
the market and does not seem to be too worried about uh, Omicron because uh, in many markets that uh, are ahead of the U.S. in terms of the infection rates like South Africa and London in particular, what you've seen is it's very contagious, but it's not as deadly and it burns out much faster than the prior variants have in terms of caseloads and um, uh, hospitalizations, etc. So that's a good hopeful sign that uh, this won't last as long as Delta and some of the other prior uh, variants. Doug, domestic markets have been stronger than international markets over the past number of years. What are your thoughts related to opportunities in the international markets, and do you feel it's time for investors to consider broader diversification? In terms of whether the U.S. will do better than international markets, uh, that's clearly been happening for a very long time, really since the 08 global financial crisis. Uh, it's rare that uh, the foreign stocks have done better than the U.S. stocks. And I think the key reason for this has been the incredible strength that our country has in the technology sector and in innovation overall compared to European and Japanese companies in particular. And so, you know, uh, those those returns that have been driven by technology, of course, have made it very difficult for these foreign markets to keep up with U.S.-based returns. Uh, the last time foreign markets did as well as the U.S., was when technology was really out of favor, and that was during the 2000 to 2007-8 time period, about a seven, eight-year period there where tech uh, went through a, a bus cycle and had to rebuild itself. So I think going forward, you know, 2022 and forward, the outlook for international may be improving. It depends on the outlook for the tech sector in the U.S., and obviously we've seen some tremendous profit-taking in the tech sector over the last couple of months. Uh, in response to higher interest rates. And we've also seen a lot of IPOs in the, in the area over the last couple of years, which obviously doesn't bode well for future prices either. So it, the bottom line is if the tech sector falters, then I think you will actually see some of the foreign markets start to at least compete with the S&P 500 in terms of returns, which it really hasn't done for a, a very, very long time. Doug, finally, the government continues to work through the potential for another large package, Build Back Better. As we await both sides coming to an agreement, what are your thoughts on this bill, and how do you expect the market to react to any potential agreement? The Build Back Better uh, plan is really in limbo. Uh, it's been a political hand-wringing process over the last six to nine months. Uh, President Biden's had trouble getting this done. Uh, it's currently in limbo. Uh, we have the midterms coming up. I do think they'll attempt to get something done, although it'll probably be reduced in scale and scope, from what uh, certainly from what they originally intended. Um, not sure if they'll be able to get it done, but it's worth monitoring. But even if it does get done at a reduced scale and scope, I don't believe it's going to have a major impact on the stock market in, in any material way. So um, it's more of a political issue than, than something more substantive, I think, that will impact the actual market returns and earnings of companies in 2022 and even 2023. So I hope everybody has a happy, prosperous, and safe uh, 2022. And as always, we thank you for your continued trust and confidence in managing your assets. Doug, as always, thank you very much for your time and your insights you provide our listeners, and we look forward to future conversations. Canecast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of the recording, 
and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.